Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Today's episode is brought to you by The Road of Shadows, a mystery and suspense audio drama about a man who finds himself on the run in a small town in the mountains, pursued by mysterious creatures that only he can see. This is a highly immersive experience with an emphasis on mood and atmosphere. Feel yourself transported back to 1984 through music and sound that will take you to the streets of a small town deep in the mountains surrounded by mystery. You can learn more about The Road of Shadows at theroadofshadows.com. Find and listen to The Road of Shadows anywhere you listen to podcasts. Our thanks to The Road of Shadows for their support. Hey, Eleanor here. Welcome back. Thanks for your patience during our mid-season break. We are now prepped and ready to release the second half of the season between now and September, and we are so excited to share it with you. But I have a favor to ask you today. We are running a survey of our listeners. This helps us know who you are and how you listen. Sometimes making a podcast feels like shouting into the void, but... I know that we're not. We're talking to you, and you're a real person with a life and a perspective, and we want to know who you are. So to fill out the survey, you can go to fableandfolly.com slash survey. We'll also post this on our various social media, so you can find it there. But again, that survey is at fableandfolly.com slash survey. Got that? fableandfolly.com slash survey. And thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself with us. Audio recording by Hazel Gibbons, head of the Delphic Order of Mount Absalom, Ohio. I make this statement of sound mind and free will, and I swear upon every sacred principle of the order that the words are mine alone. Hello, Chester. This message is for you and only you. Please don't share it with the rest of the Order. I'll speak with them separately. I need to apologize to you, Chester. Actually, I need to make two apologies. Hello? Hello? Lily? Dot? Anyone? Hello? Give your mom a big... Lilybell? Oh, you're not... It's me, Doc. It's Chester. Chester! Of course you are. But have you seen my daughter, Lily? She was supposed to come visit me. Should be here any minute. Doc, I... I haven't seen her yet, but I'm sure she's on her way. Come on in. Fuck, Chester. You look like you just went over the falls in a barrel. My umbrella broke. Which is what you get for buying cheap umbrellas. I'm sure we can find you another one. Guests keep leaving them behind and we keep collecting them. You know how it is. Jesus, shit. Look at that storm. 
hope Lily isn't lost. Say, you didn't happen to bring a casserole with you? No, I didn't. Dot, is there anyone else here? <laughs> Slow down, stud. At least buy me dinner first. What, no, that, that, that that's not what I... Dot, here you are. Yeah! Wes! I was wondering where you went. Is everything ready for Lily? Ready? Because, um, Lily's coming to visit today? Oh, uh, all right, uh, give me a second. Have you met Wes before? Yes. That whooshing thing of his, he does that sometimes. It's very useful. Found her. Yeah. She's coming down. Mom? Oh, I hear her! Out of the way, Chester. I need to hug my little girl. Hello. Mom, I was upstairs. Sorry I didn't hear you. I was on the phone with Dad. What? You were already... Oh, very clever, Lily Bell, sneaking in the back like that. That's my girl. Give your mother a hug now. I'm so glad you finally came to visit. Mom. Mom, I've been here. You have? Yes, Mom. I've been here with you for months. Remember? Oh. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. I knew that. When I hurt my leg. Is everybody else hearing that sound, or is it just my broken brain that's hearing it? Uh, it's your alarm, Dot. From your phone. Alarm? What the fuck time is it? It's after eight. Why'd I want to wake up after eight? Eight at night, Mom. Why'd I want to wake up after eight at night? It's not a wake-up alarm. It's for your meds, Mom. Right. My meds. Where did I put that bottle? They're in a case in your room, Dot. Come on, I'll show you. Thank you, Wes. Sorry about the confusion, everyone. Some days are better than others. You understand. No, you don't understand. Why would you? Ignore me. Uh, Lily, I think Chester needs something. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know what to say. It's hard to know. Is she like that all the time now? Not all the time, but it's been getting worse since the storms picked up. You think Silas is doing this to her? N no, not like he's attacking her or anything, but... It didn't used to rain like this in Mount Absalom, ever. I know. For Mom, that feels unfamiliar, and it's throwing her off. She'll be okay. She'll take her meds and get some rest, and tomorrow she'll be better. You're soaked, Chester. Do you want a towel? Yes, please. Follow me. You can leave your coat and shoes there. There's something else, Lily. It's why I'm here. I can't find Hazel. You haven't seen her, have you? Not me. You're saying she's missing? She's not missing. She's gone. She went to do something. To do what? I don't know. Look. I spent the morning in Julian, collecting supplies and talking to Mayor Zimmer about sending aid if we need it. When I got back home, I found this in an envelope in my mailbox. A cassette tape? Except I don't have a tape player at home, so I stopped by Hazel's house to tell her, Look, it's me. Whatever you have to say to me, you should say to my face instead of using technology from 1975. But she wasn't home. I went to the August Lodge, but the tape player we had in the office wasn't there. So I went to Marisol's shop, but... All of her tape players are scrap and spare parts. Right. And then I remembered that Aiden's old Buick had a tape deck. 
I listened to it in the car, and then I told him I needed to borrow the car, and then I rushed over here to you. You didn't tell Aiden? Hazel asked me not to tell the other Delphics. Yeah, it's on the tape. Maybe you should just listen. Let's go out to the car. No need. Abby has a tape player. Wes? Hi. Is Mom... She's fine. She's reading. She's a little embarrassed and doesn't want to talk about it. I need to borrow Abby's tape player. Are they okay with that? I'll ask permission later. This is an emergency. They'll understand. Would you mind, please, getting it for me? Happy to help, Lily. Are you going to scream again when he comes back? I'm sorry. I'm not used to that. You're telling me it doesn't unsettle you even a little? There's plenty of other shit I'm trying not to freak out about. Wes popping up here and there doesn't make the list. Can he, you know, teleport other stuff with him, or...? Nobody's an expert on this. I don't even think Wes knows everything about himself. Whew. One tape player. If Abby asks, you took it. Thanks, Wes. Hold on, I need to... I make this statement of sound mind and free will, and I... She does this little disclaimer. It's not... And he hated me, Chester. Too far. Forgot how long you need to press it. What are we listening to? Hazel's missing, but she left some kind of recorded note for Chester. I need to apologize to you, Chester. Actually, I need to make two apologies. Did you ever hear about... Did I ever tell you... The sixth grade end-of-the-year field trip to Cincinnati, you remember, don't you? From when your class got to go? A full day away from Mount Absalom. You'd go to see the music hall, the art museum, the conservatory, the zoo. You probably looked forward to the zoo, didn't you? There was that one time I babysat you, and you told me everything you knew about polar bears. I didn't want to go with the rest of my class. Not to the zoo. Because I looked up a travel guide before the trip. And what I found out about the zoo was that one of the habitats was Gibbon Island. And I knew immediately what was going to happen to me. James Middlecamp was going to happen to me. James Middlecamp. He was a boy in my class and he hated me, Chester. Hated that I got better grades than him. Hated that our family had such deep roots in the town. Anytime I glanced his way, he'd look back with those icy blue eyes of his like he wanted me to drop dead. And we were going to go to the Cincinnati Zoo together. And the second he noticed there was a Gibbon Island, he would never let me hear the end of it. We went to the zoo first. No, that's not true. We saw Fountain Square first. Then we went to the zoo. We went inside the gates, and right there was a banner. This bigger-than-life photo of this silly-looking monkey right above the words, Gibbon Island. I saw his face light up, and he turned to me. And right before he opened his mouth, Alice Slade points at the banner and says, That looks like James! <laughs> the, the whole class bursts out laughing. Then Daniel, Daniel, I, uh, I've forgotten his last name. Daniel says, yeah, yeah, that's James all right. And the whole class is howling. Miss Travers reads us the riot act, makes Alice and Daniel say sorry to James in front of all of us, tells us that anything like that happens again, she will march us all back to the bus and end the trip entirely. 
Nothing else happens. Some whispers and giggling when we went through the habitat, but nobody, not even James Middlecamp, ever says a word about my last name. Not then, not ever. All that for $5 each to Alice and Daniel. Well, two $5 bills, and Jennifer Doherty stopped talking to me that summer. When she found out what I'd done, she said I'd been too mean and she didn't want anything else to do with me. When the revelator entered the town, Chester, when the wolves came, when everything else turned upside down, I put all of my focus on what I could do about it. It's what I always do. You know that. But I stopped looking at... I stopped seeing everyone I was trying to save. I stopped seeing you, Chester, and after Rudy was... After Rudy died, it didn't even occur to me to ask how it had affected you. I didn't recognize your grief until you threatened to leave the order. For you to even imagine that. I'm sorry, I didn't notice it before. Truly, I am. It made me realize that I'd waited too long, planned too much... The Revelator is breaking us, Chester. I won't let that happen. And that's the second thing I need to apologize for. Not telling you what I'm doing next. Ah, but you'd want to come with me, the same way you went with Rudy. If this goes the way I hope it will, then I'll tell you everything when I come back. If this doesn't work, then you'll have to be the one to hold the order together. Hazel Gibbons. The frost is here. We must save as much of the garden as we can. I found your message, Miss Gibbons. Meet me at the Western Well. No request, no courtesy. You came anyhow. The Western Well. You might have simply called it the Town Hall. It isn't the Town Hall to you, is it, Reverend Lodge? No. Nor are we at the well right now. Until we are, I hesitate to say we are met. I understand. Please follow me. Uh, will your dogs... Do they discomfort you? If you want to bring them, I can be... No need. Moloch, Abaddon, stay. Where did you find the book? The book? This one. The one in which I found your message. That's definitely yours, then. Your original book of sermons. Not just some copy that someone put your name in for fun. One of them. There were many others. To have only one book is to exhaust one's supply of stories. And a reverend with no stories left to tell eventually loses the attention of his flock. You expected I'd be drawn to this. Which you were. I am not a man to be baited, Miss Gibbons. One of your order has done so before... And I did not appreciate it in the slightest. No offense was intended, Reverend Lodge. Intended or not, it was felt. But no matter. This much may be forgiven. I do thank you for writing your invitation upon the bookmark instead of upon the pages. I'm a librarian. I would never. As I asked before, where did you find it? We've always had it. It's been in my private collection. 
sealed in an acid-free archival box and kept in a cool, dry closet next to my office. Seems a good deal of trouble for such a small thing. We considered it a cursed artifact. I should be insulted, Miss Gibbons. I choose not to be. Might I keep it? Would you leave Mount Absalom with it? (laughs) As an exchange? Is that honestly what you imply? That one could so cheaply purchase my banishment in you? It was a question. It was a request, and far too close to a demand. An opening bid, Reverend Lodge? I didn't expect you to agree to it. We're here. He's close. Who is? The one who blooms. Right now? Always. But one feels his splendor more keenly within the vicinity of the wells. Did you not know this? No. I suppose you wouldn't have. I've known. Someone was here. I've always felt that. Since I was a child, I've known. Known, but never understood. Never quite. This well was dry not so long ago. Were you aware of that? We were. It came as a surprise to learn it had resurrected. Rudolphus Peltham was much more than surprised when he saw it. He felt despair, utter betrayal, a fury that I could feel from miles away. He tried to attack the well. Did you know that? It led to the destruction of your precious celery bottling factory. Is that why you killed him? I did not kill Dr. Peltham. You didn't? He did. The one who blooms. To protect me. What? Another surprise, then. How long has your order believed the one who blooms belongs to you? We never said that... That he was your plaything? That's not how we thought of it. Of him. Nowhere in our text And how often have text and thought misaligned? Do you understand why I tell you this, Miss Gibbons? I tell you this so that you might yourself avoid the fate of Dr. Peltham. He sought to murder me within the aura of the Northern Well. He learned too late of his folly. I didn't ask you here to kill you, Reverend. I do know that Rudy acted rashly. That he acted in error. We're here to talk only? Yes. To negotiate? Hopefully. I'm listening. The Revelator is breaking us, Chester. I won't let that happen. The frost is here. We must save as much of the garden as we can. What does that mean? It's from the sacred texts of the Order. So it's not code for anything? Code for what? I don't know. Code for where she went. Like she's at some important hardware store. Important hardware store? Or florist shop, gardening, I don't know. If she wanted me to know where she went after going so far out of her way not to tell me, she wouldn't hide it in- Stop. Something's different. What? Don't you feel it? Feel what? The house. The walls. The water. The water. The water's being disturbed. What does that mean? Does that mean something? Wes, what's disturbing the water? Not here, elsewhere. But what is it? Silas. Silas stands at the edge of the water. What's he doing? His voice is a stone, and that stone skims across the surface of the water and the ripples travel outwards. I don't understand Let him speak. Anticipation and fear 
a curiosity. They stand at the edge of the water together. They? Someone's with Silas. Hazel? She wouldn't try to... Not after what happened to Rudy, she... You seriously don't think she'd try it? You don't think that Hazel would tell herself that Rudy had the right idea but wasn't as up for the task as she is? Oh, Hazel. Oh, no, 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 no. Pick up, Hazel. Pick up. He prepares. Prepares for what? To act again, if he must. Hazel, don't do this. What are you thinking? I'm at Fenwood now. You come, you come here right now and talk to me about whatever it is you are planning. Just don't do this. She's not answering. I don't know where she is. They're at the well. The observatory? But that collapsed. Nobody can get down there. Not the observatory, not the northern well. But then that leaves here in town hall. But I was just there when I first came back from Julian. I went into Mayor Lopez's office to get his signature stamp. And then I went home to... But I... I didn't go downstairs. She must have been downstairs. She hid from me, right under my... Lily, we gotta go now. Right now. How can I help? Do you want me to go there? Please don't. I need you here. Look after Mom. Hurry, Lily. I feel like something terrible is about to happen. Come on, Lily. What's that for, then? This is a tape recorder. It captures sound I am on... aware of what it is. I asked you what it was for. I want our conversation to be something others can hear later. You don't trust me. You believe I'll give you my word and then withdraw it. I believe that nobody will believe we had this conversation unless I have it on tape. Not even your Delphic order? No. I see. No trust even within your sworn circle. Reverend Lodge, the first thing I want to say is that I've had a lot of time to consider you. To consider me what, exactly? Nothing. Just to consider you. Who you were, what you became, what it means to have you here. I should be flattered, Miss Gibbons. I choose not to be. You want what I want for Mount Absalom. I see that now. You want a sense of order, an end to uncertainty and conflicting ideals. You want one story to be told. That much is true. It's all we Delphics want as well. But there are limits to our mortal understanding. Limits that you have demonstrated you do not suffer from. I'm done trying to fight you, Reverend Lodge. We should not be enemies when we could be collaborators. Collaborators? How so? I've worked very hard to organize the Delphic Order, to unite them in one purpose and one belief. But there's only so much I can do with that many people, each of them with their own ideas, their own wills. But then I see you, holding that book in your hands, your book. And I believe that if you tell us the story, the one story, the true story, I believe that the Delphic Order can be the instrument of your will, yours, and the one who blooms. You are a peculiar creature, Miss Gibbons. Your words speak contrition while your eyes show attack. No, I told you I'm not trying to- Every conversation of your life is but a moment for defeat or for victory. 
Whether you discuss terms with a vengeful phantom, or manipulate a moment of embarrassment at the gates of a zoo. How? How would you know about that? I was told. When I'm told a story, I listen. Of your day at the zoo, of the ritual you perform when you lock your doors, the secret you would never dare speak aloud to your sister, Ginger. Stop that. You don't know me. You can't. You offered me an arrangement because you believe I want something. Because you believe that I want it all. Very well, then. Shall we set conditions of a tithe? A tithe? One of the oldest traditions of the conquered. What shall I ask you for? Once a year, you deliver to me a third of the town's meat. But you're... You wouldn't need it. That's not why one sets a tithe, Miss Gibbons. And my dogs deserve better than to forage for every scrap or morsel. But perhaps you're correct. Maybe a more permanent sacrifice. You give over to my dominion a southern quadrant of the town. You erect new churches in the locations of my choosing. Would that satisfy you? And a child. What? A newborn. The first of every five years delivered to the witch's altar on the night of the new moon to raise as my own loyal acolyte. Unless it displeases me and must be slaughtered. Uh, I... But no. Calm yourself, Miss Gibbons. I will not ask that of you. Thank you. Although, you would have agreed to such cruelty in the end were I to pursue it. No. Instead, I need from you only this. An apology. An apology? Yes. For what? Knowing what you apologize for is an aspect of the apology. I'm sorry that I worked so long to maintain your banishment. No. No. That is not the matter at hand. I'm sorry for... The generations of the Delphic Order that kept you away? No. I uh, apologize for the town's ancestors who killed you. I apologize for their having buried your church and hiding your books and, and for telling their descendants that you were a man of evil. No! I don't know what you need! There will be no peace for Mount Absalom without forgiveness. And there will be no forgiveness for Mount Absalom when it does not understand the transgression. You, Miss Gibbons, who has relied so much on her collection of books that she failed to acknowledge the story that went unwritten, the history at which I stand in the center. We are nothing alike. The chasm between us is wide enough to hold oceans. You are a people who leashed the beasts, who hunted the birds, who thought to cage nature itself and bind the very soul of the one who blooms. Even this town hall is but more of the same. Fools piling brick and mortar onto open wounds and declaring it civilization. Oh no, no, stop! What are you doing? You, who would tell yourselves fictions of your own cleverness to mask the truth of your savagery, I will show you who you are, Hazel Gibbons. Look into the well. Please, please stop! Look into the well! Sing of joy and 
sing of grace Welcome to our <clears throat> embrace Look upon the surface of the water We name you now our kith and kin Look past the surface to the depths below <laughs> Invite you to our fires within can you perceive the divine light that emanates? Should you ever tire of labor? Or do you only see the stark, empty loneliness in your own soul reflecting back at you? Should you go be at it? There is nothing in your heart of any worth to the one who blooms. I believe you have always known that. Chester, where are we? I don't understand. We're right here. What are you talking about? This is where Town Hall is. I can't see it. But it's here. Get back in the car, Chester. You got lost. It's understandable. Can barely see ten feet in front of us. I didn't get lost. You don't think I know where Town Hall is? Just look back where we last turned and... Shit! Hello? Hello in there? Lily? Ah, oh, yes. I thought it was you. You! Easy, young man. Easy. You're looking for your town hall, I take it? Where is it? It's no longer here. What do you mean it's no longer here? We no longer felt it proper to obscure the Western Well. Although if these rains continue as such, this may be Lake Absalom soon enough. And we all may be better for it. I found someone. She needs care. Hazel. Oh my god, Hazel. Here. Let me help you inside. What's wrong with her? Hazel? What did you do to her? Miss Gibbons asked to have a conversation. If you harmed her... I offered her perspective. It may have felt to her like harm. If you wish to hear it yourself, she kept a record. Perhaps it will enlighten you in ways it could not do for her. Good evening to both of you. Get home safely. Moloch, Abaddon, come. I feel cold and lost. We'll protect you from the frost. This episode features Krista D'Agostino as Hazel, Pat King as Chester. 
Marsha Harmon as Dot. Michael Turrentine as Wes. Clarissa Cherie Rios as Lily. Mark Soloff as Silas. Written by Bilal Dardai. Sound designed by Eli Hamada McElveen. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Assistant director, Lauren Grace Thompson. Recording engineer, Mel Reuter. Associate producer, Ani Engdahl. Unwell lead sound designer, Eli Hamada McElveen. Producer, Haiti Souffrant. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. And a huge thank you to our supporting producers from Patreon. Adam Goodman, Steve Diamond, Alexi Feller, Calico Davis, Caitlin White, Megan McLean, Nick Keenan, and Stephanie Cross. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the alley, the scent is stronger, overpowering. As I watch, the overhead lamps flicker and wink out one by one. God damn it. No. The girl appears briefly under the last streetlight, the headphones snug against her ears, the Walkman clasped to her hip. She's oblivious as she walks, lost in her own world. Hey, stop! I need to talk to you! Then she's swallowed up by the darkness again. Helen, wait a second! (laughs) It strikes her in the gloom so fast she barely has time to scream. She falls into the edge of the lamplight and lies there, bleeding, motionless. The man's skin is scaly, flaking, and there are patches of soot on his cheeks. He stares at me with eyes like midnight. Eyes that are devoid of remorse, devoid of humanity. He's one of them. I turn and run, and I don't look back. The Road of Shadows, a new mystery and suspense audio drama by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Listen now at theroadofshadows.com. Thank you.